As I was speaking to someone the other day, I was laughing about the fact that the type of music that I enjoy at this stage in my life is the type of music I made fun of when I was younger. There's something called yacht rock. It's like what they played in every elevator growing up, and I just, I can't get away from it now. And something that I particularly like is I like when people do covers of other songs. One in particular, there's a version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow that a Hawaiian guy did with a ukulele. If you haven't heard it, it's great. And this is how I feel sometimes when I'm studying. Hearing something differently like it's for the first time. I've been fortunate to have been raised in church from a young boy to have heard biblical accounts of what Jesus had done. I want to share with you today something that I haven't been able to get away from this week. It comes from Matthew chapter 14. It's speaking about Jesus who immediately has made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. He sent the multitudes away. 14.23 reads this way, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. It was tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and he said, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, and he caught him, and he said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. If I had to have a favorite, it would be Peter. If I had to pick one to be my favorite, it would be Peter. He was a character. He was straight out of part deadliest catch, all the way reality show, even back then. He was flawed. He was prone to giving in to emotions. He was faithful. He was unfaithful. He was fiery. He was fearful. He was chosen. He was a real huckleberry, if you will, at times. The context of what I just read happens this way in Matthew 14. John the Baptist had been beheaded. Jesus was going to be alone to talk to God. At this time, it was difficult for Jesus to be alone because the multitudes followed him. The multitudes did follow, and the miracle of the feeding the 5,000 had just taken place. Bible says that when Jesus saw them, he was moved with compassion. Church, compassion goes beyond what we feel, and it turns into what we do. 
Jesus feeds these people. The disciples gather 12 baskets of leftovers. But then Jesus makes a move. And this is what I love because I feel like as soon as I start to get comfortable in the place that I am in my walk, Jesus makes a move. This is right after the greatest of miracles. If you could imagine it, if there was any time emotions were high for a good reason, the wonder was there. The good times were there. It was this high point. The way that we see it, we would have some kind of celebration party to recap everything that happened. But Jesus makes a move. He tells them, go get into the boat. I like that it starts out with the word immediately. I'm going to speak more about that in a moment. Though it may have seemed like a time to celebrate big things, Jesus sends the disciples away. And what's interesting is it says that he sends them away before he even sent the crowd away. So you would think this, you have all these people, wouldn't it have been easier to have all those helpers to keep the crowd, to move them, to get them going where they needed to go? But Jesus sends them away. There are three immediately's in this passage that I just read. Immediately, it means properly straight without unnecessary zigzags. There are times in our walk where in the midst of it all, we need to follow Jesus' example of trying to get alone and pray. I love this because I feel like we are so good sometimes about praying before something happens, but how often do we pray after it happens? He sent the disciples before him, but not ahead of him. When I said that with immediately in a straight line, no zigzags, we tend to think that our walk is a series of starts and stops. But if I believe that my steps are ordered of the Lord, then I know that my walk is a continuous movement toward Jesus Christ. It is not like I have these start and stop moments. Jesus makes them get into a boat. The place where the people were fed was not the end point. You can arrive at a place in faith where you want to remain there. Here's what I would say to you. The time is coming in your walk when you're going to have a choice to either stay with the leftovers or to obey Jesus Christ and go where he tells you to go. As they cross the Sea of Galilee, there is a storm. The storms that come our way are not meant to destroy, they are meant to define. What may have started out as a sailboat in this storm by the time the wind got kicking had turned into a rowboat. There are times that your spiritual boat may feel more like a bobber than a battleship when the storm starts blowing, but Jesus has not forsaken you. Jesus saw them, it says in Mark 6, 48, toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them, it was hostile. We learned that at this point, it was between 3 and 6 in the morning, but they weren't giving up. Are there any of you who have had any 3 to 6 a.m. appointments lately? Right here, like clockwork. And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy about it, Dina Cockrell? I can do one of two things at 3 in the morning. I can worry myself into not even entering into tomorrow, or I can declare what Jesus is going to do. I can even get beside myself and not even think about me and Jesus, but I can start praying for someone else in this church that I know they're going through something in that moment. I can talk garbage to the devil at three in the morning, letting him know who Jesus Christ is in that situation. Three to six, they were exhausted, but they didn't give up. 
It says in verse 25 that Jesus went to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. No, here's what I don't like about this. We're talking about the disciples. We're not talking about the ghostbusters. There is no record in the gospel of them encountering paranormal activity up to this point, right? So the common superstition of fishermen at that time would be men who have died on the sea can come back and haunt you. When the wind blows, the devil's going to attempt to resurrect old fears. He's going to try to resurrect superstitions. He's going to try to resurrect all those things that you know not to be true in this moment. Spiritually, do you know what I have to relate it to because I'm so spiritually deep? I relate it to Scooby-Doo. The fact that every time watching Scooby-Doo when I was young, every single show, they always encountered something scary. And by, you know, they'd be like, oh, zoik, Scoob. You know, like they'd be freaked out. Like, but by the end of the show, they're pulling the mask off of whatever was so scary. Spiritually, that's how I need to get to be. Right? You have these people who had walked with Jesus Christ, and they're like, we know who he is. He says who he is. We know what he's done. We felt the presence. But here comes, you know, like Casper walking on the water. This is how it ends, boys. Like, can you imagine that? Yeah, we remember the peace be still part, but this is scary. When the storms come, here's how I can get. Little confession for you. I don't know what I'm looking at, but it can't be Jesus. You ever get like that? You ever talk yourself out of seeing God in a situation because you want to molly grub, you want to stay in it, you want to wallow in that fear? These men were used to dry ground Jesus, non-dramamine Jesus. My favorite way to experience Jesus, the miracle and leftover Jesus. But here's a statement. Your faith is incomplete if your faith only recognizes Jesus when the sun shines. It is time to understand same God, same God, same God. The disciples, they're troubled. When you look up the meaning of that word trouble, it means to agitate back and forth, to shake, to be set in motion, something that needs to remain still. There are times that my heart is set on fire for Jesus, but my belly is on spin cycle. I don't know if you ever get there. And, and I got to tell my belly that the same Jesus who's got my heart excited is the same one that can calm my belly. Here's where things can change. You have these men in the boat. The meaning, it said they cried out. Do you know when you look that up what it means? It says to make a single syllable call like a raven or a crow. You have all these men and all they can get out. It's like, call, call, call. Imagine being Jesus walking up on this, right? Be like, these were not the men I put in this boat. They're doing animal impressions. Like, what is going on in this minute? But here's where it changes. When I read this, it hit me hard. It said they cried out. Every time I have read this up to this point, do you know how I have read it? They cried out in fear. The Bible says they cried out for fear. What I allow to come out of this mouth is a prayer to something. I am either praying blessing or I am praying cursing. I am either praying future or I am praying that I remain in the past. 
What comes out of this mouth is important in that moment. I am not going to offer up a prayer to fear. I'm going to offer up a prayer to Jesus Christ. When you're in the storm, keep rowing, but look for Jesus. Here's some whitewater wisdom, because I've been on three rafting trips, and I know it all. With whitewater wisdom, if you're ever in a situation, there is something that is called, give me this next slide. That's not what I meant to write. Paddle dipping. Here's how it works. When you get into a raft, you row it like this. You put it straight in the water, and you row backwards. When you get nervous, do you know what you do? You turn the paddle to the side. And what you end up doing is going around in a circle. And if I'm in your boat, you end up getting screamed at by me because I don't want to die. This is what happens in this case. When the nerves hit in faith, keep paddling, keep paddling. And so here they are, and they're looking, is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? Well, here's another whitewater wisdom. It's called high side. It is the least intuitive thing you will ever do in a boat. When there's something in the water, you get as close as you can in the boat to what you're about to encounter. The reason for this is pure physics, because if you don't do that, the boat's going to flip. But in faith, the least intuitive thing that we do sometimes is to run toward Jesus when he's on the water in a situation. Oh, I'm in the boat, but I want to be as close to him as I can be in this moment. It is not intuitive, but it's how faith can feel and how faith can work. Matthew 21 says, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. It ain't pretty when you're high siding. It ain't pretty. You're getting stepped on. You're stepping on people, but you're going because you got to get where you're going. It's time for us to fall on him. Jesus says this when he sees them, be of good cheer. The meaning of that, to be bolstered, to be warmed up from the inside out. Jesus didn't come to the disciples to trouble them. He didn't come to make them afraid. He came to remind them that there was a fire shut up in their bones and it's time to warm up. He came to remind them to stir up a gift that is inside of them. He came because, see, it wasn't over yet. And when you get in the water, you can tend to get hypothermic. And when we get in faith situations, we can tend to get hypothermic. But it's time to stir up gifts and to warm up. The wind, the waves, the lightning, the thunder, they were all present in that. And you could have focused on any one to say, this is the thing, but... Faith sometimes will cause you to squint. Is that Jesus that I see? Is that Jesus that I see? I want to be around people who are saying that and who are looking around. In this boat, they weren't fighting for positions. No one's like, I'm the admiral. I'm on first watch. I'm first mate. No one was doing that. You know what they were doing? They were screaming. But one person, I would have to believe, saw him first. I don't think all 12 did. And here's what we need as a church family. We need somebody when they see Jesus to call it out for everyone else who may not have seen it yet in that situation. Jesus sees their fear and the Bible says he responds immediately. Oh, no, the story could have ended here, right? There was a storm. Jesus shows up in an unconventional way. Roll credits, right? I'm an English nerd. I notice what he says. Be of good cheer. He makes a statement here. It is I. And then Peter does something. 
He answers. All I could think of was in Forrest Gump when he said, I am not a smart man, Jenny. And this is how I feel in faith sometimes. I am not a smart man, but often I know that you don't answer until you're asked a question. And this is kind of the place in faith where the devil's tried to push me. Like, I shouldn't shout out until I'm asked my opinion. But I want to get to a place where I'm just going to shout out who Jesus is. And so Peter, in this moment, he shouts out. He calls to Jesus. They don't do it all together. In that moment when the crows are squawking behind you, when the wind is blowing, when the boat is rocking, is your faith louder than the crows that are around you? Peter, he suffers from foot-in-mouth syndrome. He's headstrong. He's quick to speak before he thinks. But there's a God refining that was going on in his life. What had been a source of trouble for him had led him to experience things that other people may not experience. I stopped to say this. There are some of you that feel like your boldness is a liability. I can promise you that that is not from the Lord. What I can say is that there is a way to be bold and speak the truth in love. There's a way to be bold in God timing. There's a way where you aren't bold 24-7 because people won't hear you that way, but there's a way to step into boldness. And I feel like part of that refining process for this guy was stepping into it. Peter says this, Lord, if it's you. Another study that I read said, Lord, if it's your will. It's time to turn our if faith into since faith. What do I mean by that? Because I get in situations, I'm like, God, if you really, no, I need to stop saying, God, if you really, and I need to get to the place where I say, God, since you did this. God, since in the very church that I attend, I have seen cancer bow to you. In the very church where I attend, there are people that I have heard the chains of addiction fall off of. Since that's the God that I'm worshiping, and since that's where I am, then this is what I'm going to believe for in ridiculous faith for this next phase. Every time that Jesus speaks, hear an invitation to answer. When Jesus answers him, he doesn't recommend a sermon series to him. He doesn't give him the latest book from Mosaic's Christian bookstore. He doesn't shout. He simply says, come. That word means accompany, meaning I am already here. Come accompany me in what we're doing right now. We want a detailed plan. We want all the things together. Whatever has shaken you, whatever has you questioning, whatever has pushed you into a corner, know that that is not the place where you're going to stay. It's time to step When Peter was come down out of the ship, the word says. Here's what's wild. From a young age, do you know how I pictured it? I pictured them in this little old canoe kind of thing. And Peter come into this place where Peter was just like this. The truth of the matter is, if the boat was big enough to hold 12 people, it had to be a pretty big boat. And would God ever truly put you in this position where you're able to have the firm deck of the boat under one foot and test the water on you? Is that really faith? Sometimes you may just have to go over the edge, and I can just picture Peter, that little free fall there before both feet hit the water. That is what faith 
feels like. It is stepping into the unknown, but knowing that Jesus is present. Because the view from the bow is a lot different from the view at water level when the waves are kicking. In faith, we're either going to be bold or we're going to be boat potatoes. That's the truth. I mean, if you want to go by that, get your shirt printed. But I want to be bold, stepping into things. When Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. This got me. Here's why. You look up the meaning of boisterous. Show me that next one. I like it. This is what it said in Strong's. When I saw it, I felt the Holy Spirit so strong, I had to take me a break. The enemy is going to try to get you to focus on what you're feeling rather than focusing on Jesus Christ. When you're in the storm, do you know what he specializes in? He specializes in entering the room like a toddler, grabbing the remote and turning up the volume. That is what he specializes in. He wants to distract. He wants to get you in a place where you don't know what's going on. But here is the deal. Mighty versus mightier. It is not a lack of faith to size up a situation. The faith lies in where we place the superlative. It is not wrong to say this wind. Oh, it's mighty. Oh, those waves, they're mighty. We get to a place where you don't even want to speak that. You know what? I can say that the winds are mighty because I can say that my God is mightier. This is where we need to be. Just to let the enemy know what you're throwing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can be scary to some, but my God is mightier. And speak it over and over again. The other night, I went to see the sound of freedom with my wife. Let me just say that I did not see what the biased media called a heavily politicized and right-leaning film. Just put that out there. There's a point in this movie, it's not a total spoiler here, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but i got to tell you. When the main character who is on a mission to save children from trafficking is standing on the bank of a river, it is at night, there are tents around him. The man that he has partnered with walks up to him, and he says to him, if things go south tomorrow, the Marines aren't going to be able to come in to our rescue. It could be the end. And this main character walks over to him and puts his hand on his shoulder. You know what he does? He smiles. Gives a little laugh. And in boldness of faith, it spoke to me because I feel like this is where we are. I want to be right on the edge of what God is doing. I want to be in that dangerous place where I know, you know what? We're putting all our eggs in that basket of faith. We're going all in in that area. And if anybody says to you, you know, it might not end well. You know what? It might not end well, but I am doing it for the sake of Jesus Christ. That kind of faith. Peter sees that it's boisterous and he's scared. That word scared comes from phobos where we get phobia. And it's not just meaning it really scares me. The deeper meaning is to revere, to be sore afraid, to bring reverence. In other words, what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to bow down to the very thing that he's throwing fear at you. 
That very thing when he's like, be scared of it. And don't just be scared, but bow down to it. It's time, church, to say, I'm not stepping out of this boat to bow down to fear. I'm stepping out to walk toward Jesus. In faith, if you're waiting for a sea of glass before your walk on the water experience, I hope you brought a Snickers or two. Because that's not how it works. Maybe in a cartoon version of this, there may be less crazy weather, but it's bad. Matthew records that Peter is afraid at this point. He begins to sink. And what does he call out? Lord, save me. In that moment, whoever you are, wherever you are, you have a choice whether to cry out to fear or to cry out to Jesus. And the last immediately of the story happens. Jesus reaches down for him. Here's a pastoral moment for you. Someone in this church family has come to a place where you have You've begun to think that God's plan can only happen in slow motion. Oh, it's okay to have patient faith. But when I read that word immediately, do you know what it means to me? Now. Do not think that God has put you on a waiting list when it comes to things of faith. Understand that my God can do things in an instant. Healings have taken place in an instant. Directions have changed in an instant. Marriages that have been shattered have come together in an instant. I say that to you because the next steps can start now. God's voice can be heard now. Jesus can reach into the situation to pull you out now. And I love when the scriptures that we read get so personal. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And then this one hits me, especially for what we just read. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, that right hand part, that hits a little different when I'm coming out of the waves and I'm coughing up some salt water because I just had an experience, right? But that is where we are right at this point. I want to be right there. I want to be able to be so close to Jesus that I'm looking at him when he pulls me out of that water. And Jesus says this. Notice, he says it. He does not point at him. He doesn't scream it, but he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Here's what's wild. Do you know when you look up that word? I love it. Do you know what it means? It means waver. I mean, what an object lesson. You're here in the middle of a storm. Why did you waver? You know, is there like going up and like, why did you do that? But when he says, oh, you of little faith, do you know what I'm reminded of? Little faith can grow into big faith. Why do you doubt? What he's saying is, why do you lack confidence in me? What Peter heard was, Peter, develop consistent confidence. I say that to someone here. Develop consistent confidence. (coughs) How long will you waver? I'm going to close on this point. Wavering means to be stuck in a place where you won't make a decision either way. Let me paint the theological picture for you. 
you are the squirrel that is the double yellow line and you don't want to be there. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. There was a squirrel the other day and I mean, I didn't know what to think. Didn't know what God was trying to teach me. A start, stop, me with the Jeep. I finally got to the point where I just sat there, people beeping, because this squirrel, he, he was licking the road when I pulled up. I mean, in faith, that, that's me sometimes. Jesus pulls up and I'm just licking the road. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, Lord. And he whispers, faith is simply taking the next step. But there's one detail. It said when Jesus and Peter had gotten into the boat, the wind ceased. You know what I'm thinking? Don't need to look up ceased in Strong's because it means it stopped, right? But I'm like, look it up because you're in Strong's. You know what it says? It says it grew weary. The thing that they were worried most about when Jesus climbed into the boat, it grew weary on its own. Some of the spiritual storms you're going through feel like category four hurricanes. But here's something that I figured out. The scariest of hurricanes, no matter what they name them, they die out at some point. They run out of steam at some point. The very thing that looked like it was going to bring your destruction, it simply tuckered out because Jesus showed up. Because Jesus has a way of putting storms into retirement. Whoever you are, you're somewhere between the miracles that you've witnessed and the storms that are starting to blow. You're somewhere between the side of the boat and walking toward Jesus. Maybe you're somewhere between the side of the boat and about to hit the water with both feet. What I love is the last part of that. It said when they got in the boat, worship broke out. What started out as a terrifying cruise turned into church right there on the water. In this storm, you can choose to worry or you can worship. You can lift your voice to question the why or you can worship the Messiah. You can understand that a storm was never meant to destroy, it was meant to define. During the three years that Peter walks with Jesus, it was a time of refining. But the same God who knit him together in his mother's womb knew his potential. And in the end, here's a truth. Out of all those that walked with Jesus, only one had the testimony of saying, I know what it feels like to step on the water. If you'll stand, I'm going to pray. Get honest for a second. I am going through a storm. Is it you? Just put your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going through a storm. Your storm the wind speed does not have to be where my storm is and vice versa. If it's a storm, it's a storm. Every time I read this, I hear it differently. Here is in this moment what I hear. We need to speak 
freedom. We need to speak that the Savior puts this storm into retirement. We need to speak that between now and then we're going to keep rowing. We need to speak that when I can't see him in this right now, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep calling it out. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in your name, what I speak is freedom. What I speak is a forecast of clear skies that happen when we realize who is in the boat with us. Let your worship fill the spaces where fear has reigned so long. And God, for everyone who feels like their faith has been bruised, for everyone who may feel embarrassed in the moment because they, it didn't go the way they thought it would, be present. Reach out with your righteous right hand. Empower us, God, in the way that you, you can to do your will. In Jesus' name, I ask your hand of protection, your boldness, and future over this family. Amen.